Lakeisha gets her wings. Sometime this decade, or maybe it was last decade, but definitely not as far back as the 90s, there was and still is a little girl named Lakeisha. Lakeisha lived with her mom and her stepdaddy and her two brothers and one sister. They all lived in an apartment building with lots of gates everywhere and guards posted out front to keep everybody safe. Their apartment seemed very big when she was little. Lakeisha didn't realize that hung fabrics and curtains made extra rooms, but now that she was eight, everything looked different. It seemed like some of the rooms were missing. Lakeisha only saw old curtains in the way everywhere, and outside, the guards that used to protect, so Lakeisha thought, didn't seem to be keeping anyone safe. And they didn't have uniforms like the security guards at the store. They just wore their regular clothes, not even church clothes. And Lakeisha started to wonder who gave them the job of standing around out front all the time, talking all important to anybody that came up to them. Lakeisha was very smart and she was hardworking. She didn't always do really good at school, mostly because it was so hard to focus on schoolwork and kind of hard to keep her mind focused. It seemed like there was always something else that needed her immediate attention. The truth was, she worried a lot. But she tried not to let anyone see it. Sometimes her stomach hurt, like it was tied in knots. But nevertheless, she was very smart, and she did like school, even though she didn't do very good at it. But there was one thing she was quite good at, She was good at doing chores. At home, she did her chores, and often she did her brother's chores. Her sister always did her own chores. By the time Lakeisha was eight years old, she had figured out that many of the older people in her apartment building and surrounding buildings didn't have anyone to do chores for them. Lakeisha started renting herself out, a dollar an hour at first. She would clean or cook or run errands, dependably, She would come right back and bring the milk, eggs, or whatever, and the right change, too. By the time she was nine, she was doing chores for many people, so she got herself a bank account. Her stepdaddy, who drove a bus and used to be in the Army and liked to watch football, took Lakeisha to open her bank account. And now, when she did the chores, sometimes people gave Lakeisha extra money. Sometimes they gave her 50 cents or a dollar. And on holidays, she often got five dollars extra. Lakeisha saved almost all of her money. Boys started talking to her all the time, but she discovered she liked her money better than the boys. Besides money, Lakeisha really liked one other thing. She really liked pretty clothes. She couldn't afford to buy clothes, but she could afford to buy clothes magazines though she didn't like to spend the money on them. She had discovered she could find magazines all over the place because many of the people she did chores for were often older women with stacks of old magazines. They would give them to her. Sometimes they took the magazines out of her pay at 25 cents a magazine, 
Mostly, they would give them away, though, because by then, Lakeisha was in high demand, and when people sold her magazines, they found that they couldn't get her back as often as they liked. So, by the time Lakeisha was 10 years old, she had hundreds of magazines, and she was charging $2 an hour. She kept a scrapbook with pictures of clothes she absolutely loved. One day, Lakeisha got an idea. She was going to start making clothes. And not just for herself. She was going to make clothes for the girls at school. And better yet, for the mothers of the girls at school. Because all the mothers had jobs. So the next two years, Lakeisha really, really worked hard. The strange thing is, she started doing better at school, even though she didn't try as hard. Sometimes, she would even do her homework in the morning, like learning to write while walking to school. She even did chores in the morning before school. She found she was never tired now that she had her plan. She knew what she needed. She needed fabric and a sewing machine and something called patterns. She had her sights set on 7th grade. By the start of 7th grade, she would be making clothes. And by the 8th grade, she would be selling them. When 6th grade ended, she had $353. And that summer, she worked 10 hours a day. She even began to get driven from one lady's house to other families' houses to do chores. When July came, she had $510. She kept up that title-shifting, levitantic pace all through August. She had set her date to go to the fabric store during the last week in August. All the people she did chores for had heard that she was in a super frenzy, and some of them began to ask if there was some trouble at home. Was there a funeral to pay for, or did one of her brothers need bail? When Lakeisha began to tell her plan, not only did no one laugh at her, some of the ladies cried. They just sat and cried, and Lakeisha would lay her head on their knees, and they would pet her. They would give her extra money, too. By the time her date came in August, she had $860. On Saturday, Lakeisha was going to go to the fabric and sewing store. She was going to get lots of beautiful fabric and order her sewing machine. She was going to talk to the sales lady there and get a whole plan laid out. And her chore clients knew she was going to go on Saturday. So on Thursday, all the different ladies and men that she had done chores for in the past all gave her a tip. By the time she collected all those tips, she had another $100. And now she knew she had enough money to buy a sewing machine and some patterns and some fabrics. When Friday came, she was so excited. She could barely even sleep that night. She got up Saturday morning before dawn and dressed. She had brushed and cleaned her sneakers as best she could the day before. She had slept really careful that night with her hair in a cap. She had done her nails the day before. She had even painted her toes, even though she wouldn't be showing, but she would know. And now... She sat still on her bed and listened to her younger brother and older sister sleep until seven. 
Then she went to help her mother with breakfast. She sat with everyone and tried to eat, but at 8.30, she gave up and she set out to the store. Her mother and stepfather called out, Good luck! And then her older brother and sister remembered and called out, Good luck, Kiki! At 10.05, she got to the parking lot where the fabric store was. She had never been in this neighborhood before. She had to take two buses to get there. She was nervous, even though she had almost $1,000 in her pocket. She thought that would make her feel more confident, but somehow it didn't at all. She watched the store for a while, and then she went inside. It was busy inside. It was Saturday. The ladies inside moved so confidently, like they knew where everything was and like they already owned it and were considering whether to even bother taking it home or not. They looked at things like, is this good enough for my home? Lakeisha kind of wandered around, trying to keep an eye out for a sales lady that looked friendly, that would maybe talk to her and not get impatient. Then a voice sounded at her elbow. Can I help you? Lakeisha turned to the voice, and it belonged to a white woman, maybe 50s, who didn't look terribly friendly, even with her glasses. She looked at Lakeisha like, Lakeisha thought, does this lady know me from somewhere? She looks at me like she knows me. But out loud, Lakeisha said, Ma'am, I want to ask about buying some fabrics and buying some patterns. I'd like to start making clothes and then maybe order a sewing machine. The lady said, That's all pretty expensive stuff you're talking about. Certainly sewing machines are costly. Is your mom or dad with you? Lakeisha answered, No, I've been working and saving up a long time, so I have this money. And Lakeisha showed her the $944 that she had saved. She didn't show her the 53 cents. And still, the lady's look didn't get friendly. And this made Lakeisha feel sick. For a moment, Lakeisha thought the bank had played a trick on her and given her plate money. But she looked at the money in her hand. And no, it was real. When she looked back at the lady, the lady said, Follow me, please. The lady led Lakeisha around the side of the store all the way to the back. The lady knocked on a door and the door opened. There stood a white man younger than the lady with glasses and there was another woman about the same age as the lady with glasses that brought Lakeisha back. These two both had on fancier clothes. The man had on a tie. They looked important. The lady with glasses said, Mr. Smith, would you come over here? And Mr. Smith came. The lady with glasses continued. Would you show Mr. Smith the money you showed me? Lakeisha took out her money and held it out saying, I want to buy fabrics and a sewing machine. I have money is all I said. Mr. Smith didn't look any happier than the lady with glasses did. He said, where did you get that money? They were all looking at her. And now the other important lady in the office was standing too. Mr. Smith said it again. Answer the question. Where did you get that money? Lakeisha said, I do chores. 
the new standing lady said, You do chores? That's over $800. Where do you do chores? Lakeisha said, I want to make clothes. Can you help me? And then the man made some decision in his head and said, You have two choices. I can call the police and you can explain to them where you got that money. Or you can come back with your mother and father and they can explain to me where you got that money. Lakeisha wanted to explain that she did chores for years ever since she was eight and now she was 12. But her legs began to shake so bad when the white man and lady in the office said police. She thought about her older brother. He was arrested once by the police and they kept him for a week. He was never the same brother after that. So Lakeisha turned away and walked quickly out of the store. At this point, she was mostly trying not to pee on herself because she was so afraid. She thought all the white people in the store were going to attack her. She finally got outside and hurried across the parking lot, and she was able to get halfway across the street before the tears started. She was mostly able to hold back the tears on the first bus, but on the second bus, she sat in the back and tucked herself away inside her shirt. The closer she got to her house, the more she pulled her shirt up over her face until she disappeared inside the tear-filled fabric completely. She didn't want to go inside her apartment when she got home. She just walked around and around and around the park. She walked until it started getting dark. Then she finally heard a voice call her. It was one of the ladies she did chores for. Her name was Mrs. Gray. Lakeisha, where are your fabrics? Did you get everything done today? Lakeisha didn't say anything. She just shook her head. Lakeisha couldn't see the change in Mrs. Gray's eyes. But when Mrs. Gray saw that head shake of Lakeisha's, she pretty much knew exactly what happened. Mrs. Gray knew that head shake. She had been a little girl in South Carolina during the Jim Crow era. She also knew by the way Lakeisha was standing. Come here, baby, she said. Come here. Lakeisha went over to Mrs. Gray. What happened in that store today? They told me they were going to call the police because I had this money, Lakeisha said. Lakeisha intended to say more to Mrs. Gray, but she was too ashamed. She knew she should have fought back, maybe cursed them out. But at the time, it seemed they really could have her arrested for carrying her own money. Mrs. Gray didn't say anything either. She was thinking about South Carolina and her mother and her grandmother's eyes. When she spoke to Lakeisha again, her voice was very, very soft and gentle, almost far away. She told Lakeisha to sit next to her. Lakeisha sat. Mrs. Gray looked straight ahead and said, I want to tell you something. Listen to what I say. This is something very, very important. 
We are descended from the ones that flew. But Keisha got scared at that. She thought, oh no, Mrs. Gray has gone crazy. But she didn't say anything. Mrs. Gray was still looking straight ahead and she said, it's true. Our people come from a very, very old people. The Africa Blacks. We were among the first people on earth. You've heard that on the internet. But what you don't know is our ancestors in Africa, and even the ones who came here, had a power. And now, Mrs. Gray looked at Lakeisha. Her eyes were huge. And suddenly it was dark. It was night. And it was particularly dark all around Mrs. Gray. She seemed to be sunk back into the darkness and talking out of it, almost as if she was the talking darkness. It was terrifying. And it was beautiful. Mrs. Gray took Lakeisha's face in her hands and looked right into her eyes. She said very slowly, Our people, if they tried, if they focused, if they concentrated, remembered, and believed, they could fly back to the place where we come from. I don't mean Africa. I mean where we originally came from, as eternal beings, as life itself. They can fly back to the forever place of female creation, of all creation, and gain something there. Then they could come back here to the land of sunlight, bringing with them more than what they left with. They bring back knowledge that they are eternal beings beyond this place. Mrs. Gray let go of Lakeisha's face and took her hands. We are of a powerful ancient people, the original ones who flew. Would you like me to tell you how we access that power? Lakeisha almost said no, but she didn't say no. She almost ran away, but she didn't run away. Instead, Lakeisha remembered the way the first white lady with glasses looked at her, like she knew her. Then Lakeisha said, yes, tell me, I, I want that. Mrs. Gray whispered to Lakeisha, now is all that is, remember. Focus. The things and the people you see all around you are not the most of what is all around you. There is so much more around you that you don't see. The invisible lives with us. Focus. Hear the beat of it. Listen to the beat of it. Hear the drum like a voice. As you begin to hear the first drum of the invisible and the first song, you will feel the wings. 
You will feel the wings growing from your back. Very soon, you will go to the place and you will understand. Go on home now. Quick girl, go eat your dinner and go to bed. Tomorrow morning, you start practicing. Lakeisha did exactly that. The next morning, she sat on the edge of the daybed after her brother and sister had gone, and she thought, there is only right now. She thought over and over until she fell asleep, then woke up at lunchtime. After lunch, she did it again. There is only right now. Finally, just before she fell asleep again, she realized she couldn't hear the cars. And she remembered then to think, there's more than I can see. There's more than I can see. Suddenly, the lights in the room got dimmer and the furniture melted away. Lakeisha seemed to see a little bit of purple. Lakeisha got so excited that she jumped up and clapped her hands and shouted. As soon as she did that, the sound of the children playing came back and the color of the darkness went away. Then every day for three months, she practiced. She practiced at school during lunch. She practiced after school, before school. She practiced all the time. On the 91st day, after Mrs. Gray told her about the ancestors who flew, Lakeisha had been spending much time in the darkness. And on this day, she suddenly felt a tidal lift to herself. She was overwhelmed with a sense of falling from a high place, a sense of weightlessness, and she screamed. But she wasn't falling. Lakeisha was flying. She had wings and she was aloft. Lakeisha was in a space of spinning colors. The colors were spinning so fast that she almost couldn't bear it. But then Lakeisha realized the beautiful array of colors were black women and black girls all around her. They looked like her and suddenly they all ran towards her excitedly caressing her face. Lakeisha said to them, you can see me? And they said, yes, baby. Yes, Fati Lukim. We can see you. Why do you call me Fati Lukim? Lakeisha said. They replied, that is your name here. That is your eternal name. Who you were before you got this body. Lakeisha looked at them. I didn't say anything to that. Go back now. But don't forget about us. We love you. We will be here when you come back to us. And in a blink, Lakeisha was back in her room. Tears were streaming down her face. I saw the original people. The angels, they were black women and black girls. My name is Fati Lukim. 
Lakeisha walked around all that day in a daze. It was a Friday, and although she went to school, she never left her bedroom that day. She got back home, her mother took her temperature, and put her to bed. The next day was Saturday, and before Lakeisha knew what she was even doing, she was on the second bus and nearing the fabric store. Lakeisha had her money in her pocket. This time, though, she walked across the street without pausing and straight across the parking lot. She didn't hesitate. She walked right into the store. She didn't stop. She didn't look around. Lakeisha saw the old white lady out of the corner of her eye talking to a customer, but she walked straight to the office in the back and knocked hard on the door. She waited a few moments. Then Lakeisha knocked again, harder. And now finally, the door opened. Mr. Smith stood there. Lakeisha said to him, Do you remember me from a while back? He said he did. She said, I brought my money here that I earned doing chores, and you threatened to call the police on me. Now I am back here with my money, and you're going to tell me what I need, what patterns I need, what notions I need, what fabrics I need, and which machine is the best for making the prettiest clothes. And you're going to treat me very nicely. If you don't, I'm going to bring all of my women and men clients who gave me this money for doing chores for them to this store. We're going to call the news cameras and we're going to tell them what you said to me and how you treated me. And then on the news cameras, I'm going to ask for a lawyer and I'm going to take this store from you and I'm going to own it because you don't deserve it. Now, you have two choices. Which way is it going to be? Mr. Smith looked at her stunned and said, I'll help you myself. And he did. He made sure that Lakeisha got all the fabrics and patterns and notions she needed. She had brought in the magazine pictures of her favorite clothes. He then helped her find the best sewing machine for making pretty clothes. When she pulled out her $944, Mr. Smith told her the store only takes half the money for the sewing machine now and to bring back the other half when the machine comes in. Then Mr. Smith called an Uber for Lakeisha and put it on his account. He helped Lakeisha get all her fabrics and patterns and notions inside. Lakeisha offered him money, but he said no. Mr. Smith apologized for how he acted. Then the Uber took Lakeisha home with her fabrics and patterns and notions and a receipt for her new sewing machine. Lakeisha smiled in the back of the Uber because she knew she was one of the original people and she had wings. Lakeisha was sacred. She knew she was a soul long before she had a body. Her soul was strong and she could never be pushed around again. Lakeisha gets her wings. Lakeisha gets her wings. Vocal performance and narration by Yolanda Ross. 
Story created and written by Nick Gilly. Produced, edited, and mixed by Lafern Cusack and Inferno Productions. Music courtesy of Harry J. Lennox and performed by Eric Lewis. A Bedtime Project is a Black University production.